Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Yelena, played by Florence Pugh, is going to be in Hawkeye. What? Is that Black Widow's sister? That is Black Widow's sister. That's amazing. And Hawkeye started filming. And some more uh, discussion on WB maybe forcing Black Widow to go to Disney+. Plus. All that and all the speculation and controversy and... Intrigue. Allure. <laughs> all that after, right of, after the set we have no control over. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, how you doing today, buddy? Dude, it has been a hell of a week. A uh, yelling of a week? I don't know. I tried to make no. a thing happen. No. Because I'm excited about Yelena being in Hawkeye. I'm excited about those things, but then like you abandoned me on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. I did abandon you. It was completely it was 100% my fault. Yeah, it was entirely like you you went out, you destroyed the transformer <laughs> in your I, I cut the power to my own house so I could avoid trivia, my favorite <laughs> thing to do all week. Yep. Uh, no, we were doing trivia last night and a, and a transformer exploded right outside my house right before we were supposed to go on and uh, Jeff took over like like the you know, the minch that he is and he uh, he had it ready. I used his own computer to stream the thing, and it was great. Thank you so it much for awful. doing that, man. It was awful. <laughs> it was, well, it's it. My my internet connection is not the best here, so oh. it was like super choppy. And my computer, like, it is. A, it was a clear indicator. Last night was a clear indicator that I need more RAM in my machine mm. because my computer was like, I can't handle all of these things at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Well, I'm sorry for abandoning you. I truly am. You're uh, here now, and that's what's important. I am. I'm here for the podcast. Let's get into that podcast that we're talking about and talk about the news. The news. Dude, the news. Hawkeye has started filming. They started filming the Hawkeye series. What? Yes. Jimmy Renner posted uh, all kinds of pictures to Instagram. Uh, we saw Lucky the Pizza Dog. We we saw his face in makeup, and it's comics accurate makeup. Uh, and I say comics accurate in that the Matt Fraction run of of Hawkeye um, was it featured Hawkeye getting hit in the face a lot. Um, so he was constantly being bandaged and like had a broken nose and like bloody parts on his, like everything was, he was all torn up just constantly. And the makeup that Jeremy Renner had on had like bandages in the right places and everything. Like it was completely comics accurate, wow. bloody nose. It was so great. I was so happy to see it. That's super cool. It is. I, I haven't read that book, but I, maybe we will before this comes out. I bet we, I bet we will. I bet we will for at least for the patients. I think we have to. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. But that's really cool when they do things that are just even just little nods like that, like the connections to the comics. But um, yep. That, so so starting filming. We know the show's coming. I, I I'm I'm excited for that. My hype level has moved to level six or whatever. But the thing that pushes it to an eight is that Yelena is in the Hawkeye series. Yep. Florence Pugh is going to be in the Hawkeye series. I'm not sure if it's going to be a big part or not, but I mean, that that says a lot about the future of Yelena. Like we were speculating at one point that it looked like she had died uh, in the end of the trailer, like when Widow was crying and holding yeah, her. Yeah, there's been some speculation about that. 
so there was, you know, there was that thought of like, holy crap, she might be dead. We like, she might be the stakes of this movie. Um, but it probably not. It looks like she's probably going to be the black widow of the future. And we might see her move into, um, move into the, the role and, and kind of grow with, with him. Well, she's also a little younger too. So does this like bode even more for young Avengers possibly? Kind of does. Especially with her and Kate Bishop, you know, maybe possibly both being trained a little bit by Clint. Like what if Clint is training, not just his own, his replacement, but her replacement as well. Now that she's gone, you know? Yeah, it might. Uh, There's also um, along with the, like, Along with everything that that was shown, uh, there was also a a bit of like who's playing who, uh, you know the the casting information in there. Right. And I saw Tony Dalton is playing Jack Duquesne, who is an Avenger from the comics known as Swordsman, and apparent and he was a mentor to Hawkeye in the comics, and that kind of tracks with if he's learning from a Swordsman. That might be why he took up the the Ronin persona. Yeah, when he was uh, when we saw him in Endgame. Yeah, absolutely. And there's like there's talk of of the series is going to flash back into like what was happening to Clint during the five year blip. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that, is that official talk or is it just some rumors? I believe it's official. Oh man, I'm, that's exciting. We've been talking a lot about how we really want to see what happened in that five years. And, you know, we, we don't know where this Kamala Khan series is set. We don't know where any of these things are set in the universe. And like, I could totally see them setting all these coming Disney plus series with the exception of WandaVision, of course, in, in that five year blip and really like, you know, uh, fleshing out what happened while the Avengers were gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that lends uh, a little bit of credence to the potential role of Florence Pugh, uh, of Yelena Belova being in there a bit more, is that the big bad of the Black Widow movie is Taskmaster, right? That's Tony Masters. He has the, um, uh, what is it, the photographic reflexes or the comic description? Mm -hmm. He just, he copies other people's powers uh, or their, their movesets, basically. And he's very physical. Uh, but Alakwa Cox is playing a character named Maya Lopez, who is uh, known in Marvel Comics as the hero Echo. She's a deaf Native American who can copy another fighter's movements. Hmm. Much the same way that Taskmaster can, except that she's a hero in the Avengers. Yeah, so this series might be doing more... Uh, with uh, more connections to Black Widow than we realized previously. I mean, clearly with Yelena being in there, that's I, I'm like that's huge news. Yeah, because we really weren't sure if Yelena would be you know a, a character going forward at all, or, or you know if, if she'd be important enough to do that, or if she'd even be alive still. And now it looks like she's not only going to be alive, but you know this will be unless unless uh. So I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think like, so Black Widow happens before the snap, right? Right. What if some of the stuff that goes on with the flashbacks with Clint is what Yelena is in? Like, what if he tried to take her on as a student? 
oh sh- and it didn't work out or like she, she she flipped or who knows you know You'll oh know. he has flashbacks to to her and her dying and yeah. that's why he doesn't want to train kate. kate yeah like he's training kate and he's like regretting it because he keeps flashing back to yelena and trying to train her after black widow brought her back from the field during the black widow movie or something oh man like black widow put, puts her in his hands and maybe that's maybe that's another thing that drives him to be ronin or something i don't know Ooh. That's tough. It is, but I, I kind of doubt it because his, he lost his whole family. That's probably enough. <laughs> probably not picking up anyone to train during that time period after his parent, family's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, though, how he got to the point that he got to, um, like, for this movie or for this series to happen. Because this behind-the-scenes look that we got was, like, in the subway in New York. Hmm. And... Like he was, they were on a, they were on a subway platform and like one of the cars was parked or whatever. And like, he's just, he's talking to, uh, to Kate Bishop and she's got her, her trademark recurve bow at her side. And it looks like he's, he's like kind of prepping her or like telling her like, you can't do this. You know, like you're, you know, I'm not taking on a, a, an apprentice or whatever, like whatever it is that he's selling her. He just looks like he's being super, parental <laughs> and forceful about right, it. Right. Right. It was spotted that uh, like that was Kate Bishop that he was talking to played by Haley Steinfeld. So it is confirmed that Haley Steinfeld is playing that role. Okay. I just had another thought. Okay. So like Yelena is about the same age she is in black widow. That means she was snapped, which means she probably reconnects with her sister in black widow then her sister gets called off to fight in Infinity War, and then her sister, and then, uh, you know, then she's suddenly gone. Yelena disappears in the snap and comes back, and her sister's dead. Oh, man. So this is like, Oof. you know, him taking the sister that Black Widow never got to care for and had just, like, brought over to America or, to, you know, got her, got her out of whatever situation she was in. And then, like, he's going to have to have this, like, troubled girl that was just, you know, whatever, whatever happens in Black Widow and gets her away from the Red Room and all those people. Like, I don't know that that that's that's a whole different dynamic. The fact that she doesn't probably this this story may start with her not knowing Black Widow's dead. Oh, man. Like Clint has to go tell her sister that Black Widow's gone. That's crazy. I like that um, that we are like we find ourselves Talking about the Hawkeye series and the most important, like the, the biggest thing that we can talk about is the Black Widow character. <laughs> well, that's the news. That's the big piece of news. Like the fact that it's yeah. filming, whatever. We've, talk, we've been talking about the Hawkeye series for years. This is the new news, you know? This is the new news. Yeah. I, 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 we, could, we can talk all day about the other characters and Kate Bishop. I'm excited to like play her in the Avengers game and figure out next week more about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm excited, dude. Uh, figure out more about that. But like right now, the thing that most excites me is that Yelena's in there. That's, that's, that's why we're, that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're doing this, man. <laughs> so how does that connect? How do those movies connect? And I think I, that's my favorite theory so far that like she brings her back, her brings her sister back from, you know, during black widow and then the and then she, she gets snapped. Her sister gets snapped, and when her sister comes back, she's gone. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, it's real rough. It's real rough. 
Uh, well, we got one other big piece of news, man. This is another big one. Not MCU technically, but it's gonna gonna have repercussions that are gonna be felt. I have no doubt. It's not directly news about the MCU. It's about Warner Media, but it is big enough to likely force Disney's hand on this, Marvel's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so Warner Brothers has announced earlier this week, like I think it was today. Uh, that they are going to be dropping all of their 2021 movies on HBO Max at the same time they drop them in theaters. And they'll be available for their first month on HBO Max while also being in the theaters. And then after that first month of the film being out, it'll only be in theaters. So it'll be on HBO Max for a little bit. Hmm. And like everybody that I know is just like, guess I'm getting HBO Max now. Yeah. For sure. Does Warner Media own HBO? Uh, they do. They do. That they, makes sense um, then. yeah. Uh, Warner Media, WB, DC, like they are HBO Max. That's why all of the DC uh, EU stuff is on HBO Max. Okay. That's why Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out in the theaters and on HBO Max on Christmas. Yeah. Oh, man. I think that combined with the 2021 plan is going to force Marvel to respond in some way. Like yeah. we've got to get their stuff on Disney plus now. They, they want to continue the hype train and they've already taken two years away from producing films. And it's like, let's just just the list of these movies that are going to be coming out in 2021. Let's see the ones that interest me most are, are like the ones that are sort of um, related to our, uh, our kind of content: Godzilla versus Kong, yep. uh, Mortal Kombat, yep. um, The Conjuring, um, The Devil Made Me Do It. Is that the? Oh, the that's the Conjuring. That's the, devil the, made me do it. the part of the title of the Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the Heights. That's kind of big news. I'm excited for that. Um, Space Jam, Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. That's the one that James Gunn is leading up. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's that's the headline. That's the biggest headline here. Is that the Suicide Squad's moving to is is also on top of Wonder Woman being streamed. Suicide Squad is going to be streamed as well. And Dune. Dune. I'm excited about Dune. I never watched the original film, and I've never read the books, so that uh, that will probably be my introduction to Dune. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Matrix and then, Four. Uh, yeah, Matrix Four is at the end of this list. Yeah, and there are there are others too. We kind of skipped around because there's a lot of movies that aren't really related to sort of the geeky aesthetic. But uh, that's a lot of Denzel movies. Denzel Washington is in The Little Things. Huh. I don't. I don't know what The Little Things is. Me either, but it's a Denzel Washington movie, and we've been talking about him a lot recently. We have indeed. We have indeed, and gotten a lot of feedback about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Both pro and con, that idea. Um, uh, he's, he's, he'll be, he will always be my Magneto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I, I, this is, this is big news. I, this, I feel like this is going to have further reaching repercussions because this, the windowing and allowing theaters only to have movies is like why theaters are our thing. Like it's why they're able to exist. Yep. And if they are getting rid of that, even if just for COVID reasons for an entire year, cause co- you know, the vaccine's probably coming. Um, it, COVID might start to calm down. We might return to some semblance of new normal and, what what is it going to mean that they are are these companies going to figure out they can make more money this way is really the question because if they can make yep. more money this way they will stop having theaters 
Again, theaters might stop being a thing, or at least, you know, it'll become more of a niche thing because it's not the only way you can see the new Marvel movie anymore. Yeah, I think that uh, the theater going is going to be drastically reduced after this. I think so, Um, too. Just in general, because they're going to see, you know, we got we got what Milan came out as a a premium thing on Disney Plus. Like it was kind of silly that they, you know, that they they released it the way that they did with it being, you know, like guaranteed coming out in December or I think it was December or January. And and either way, it was like only for a certain amount of time that you have to pay for it. And it's going to be free uh, with the service after that, whatever. Right. But like, if they have, um, if like, if HBO is doing this thing, if WB is doing this thing where it's only going to be on the service for a little bit, that kind of forces you to go to that service. Right. Yeah. And it also keeps you from, waiting till all the movies drop on that service to buy it at the end of the year or whatever. Yep. So it's this thing where it's going to like, Oh, you have to have HBO max every month because every month there's something important on, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you know, with as many movies as we've got supposedly coming out next year, I mean, we've got what black widow, we've got the eternals, we've got Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. We've got, uh, the Spider-Man three movie at the end of the year, like all of these things could very easily go straight to Disney plus and, you know, get a ton of money for Disney. Even if they do it as like a 20, $30, you know, add on premium, whatever, like pay a little extra to get this movie. People, I, I will throw down a ton of money to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm already throwing down a ton of money to go to the theaters. I would just, I would happily shill out all the money to get those movies to not have to sit through another damn year without any Marvel films. Yeah, me too. I would spend money for that. But the thing is they're testing these things. Like you said, the Milan thing was a test. Uh, Wonder Woman is going to be another test. Uh, this and now, I guess Warner believes in their 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 plan with Wonder Woman. I'm guessing they saw a big uptick in subscribers to HBO Max, and that's driving this decision. They're going, well, uh, just so people don't immediately unsubscribe after Wonder Woman, let's give them something else in a few months that they want to stick around yeah, for. Let's keep them hooked. Yeah, this is uh, this is real big, man. And and uh, there have been speculation about how movies could move away from the theater experience because for a long time we've had a lot of people have really good theater systems in their homes now i mean tvs are just better sound systems are better and cheaper and it's just it's been a question of how will it happen and covid has kind of forced that in some ways already um but if these big movies start coming and they are this is it man this is the this is the big move um then you know this may be the new normal yeah, I mean, the really the only difference between my system at home and the theater is that I don't have to wear pants at home. It's true. That's true. That's a big difference. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, it's why, that's why I don't watch movies at your house. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to Netflix and chill? <laughs> it's about that time we got into some feedback. But first... We'll get a word from our sponsors real quick. Today we have a returning sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well 
easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. You guys have heard us talk about Green Chef before. We've also talked about a little company called HelloFresh. Well, there's no conflict there. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh to offer you guys a wider array of meal plans to choose from. There's something for everyone. They're perfect for keto, paleo. They've got plant-based diets on there. Or even if you just want to eat a little bit healthier. Mm-hmm. The recipes are quick and easy. They include step-by-step instruction, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. And we say they're quick and easy, and we mean it. Like, you've heard me talk about on on these other ads that we've talked about with Green Chef and HelloFresh, where, you know, it's so easy that my kiddo can do it. I've got a, a 12-year-old, and when we received our Green Chef box this week... I, I found myself walking through the kitchen, like looking around because they were unboxing everything. There's so it's like Christmas every week, <laughs> and they're unboxing it, and I'm like, "Wow, there's a lot of stuff in here. What's what's all this?" And I see that there's a bunch of stuff that's already chopped in there. Like there's pre-chopped ingredients, there's pre-made sauces in there, dressing, spices. Everything is already, or not everything, but there's a lot of pre-done stuff. And like normally, I say my 12 year old can do it. I I mean. With my assistance, you know, I'm, I help her cut. She doesn't handle the knife quite as well as I do, whatever. Every bit of it she did this week on her own. It was really great. She was super proud. Like, I'm sitting in here prepping for trivia night, and then a plate just shows up with food. And I'm like, oh, hey, thank you. Dinner, wow. yay. It that's, was great. That's awesome. And I bet that made her feel, like, really valued, you know? like Yeah, super was, accomplished. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Well, with Green Chef, it is easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that everyone will enjoy. You can switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every single box. Wow. That's crazy. That's really crazy. That is one of my favorite things about them, though. I, a couple of years ago, I got an electric car to offset my, my carbon emissions footprint, and here we go again with Green Chef helping me out. I like it. I like it a whole lot. So guys, you can go to greenchef.com slash mcucast90 and use promo code mcucast90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. So again, go to greenchef.com slash mcucast90 and use promo code mcucast90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. We've got a second sponsor. Today, Jeff. Second sponsor for the day. Second sponsor. Thanks for the support of the show, guys. Both uh, Green Chef we just read, and now it's time for our other sponsor, Harry's. Matt, how much could you save in one year by switching to Harry's? I have no idea, Jeff. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit actually. You could save enough to buy twenty six cups of coffee in New York. Yeah, you could have enough for three deep dish pizza dinners in Chicago, which they're expensive. Uh, you got to have enough to pay six months of your Netflix subscription. That's getting more expensive every few months, it feels like. Yeah, I just got to notice that they went up a little bit. So maybe it's five and a half months now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Harry's delivers high-quality razor blades as low as $2 a piece, a fraction of the price of the leading brand, and saving you hundreds of dollars over time. This service is exactly what I need. With my ADHD brain, which I've talked about much on this podcast, it is so easy for me to just keep forgetting to get my new razor blade heads, and I just keep forgetting to go to the store. It's happened to me many times, and I end up getting a worse and worse shave all the time. My favorite thing about this service is that it just 
comes to my door. I don't have to think about it. I set it on a schedule that is like commiserate with my needs for blades and it just shows up. Harry's guys, Harry, and they're great blades. And you don't have to go into the COVID-filled wasteland of the grocery store. Or of the outside world. Like, stay in my house and just keep receiving uh, these these wonderful, wonderful blades. Where do you get those wonderful blades? Well, you can go to harrys.com slash MCU podcast for those wonderful blades. <laughs> That's true. That's true, Batman. That's the best segue we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> go to harrys.com slash MCU podcast to get a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep. Harry's is a return to the essentials. You'll notice when you get them, you've got quality, durable blades at a fair price. Again, just $2 a blade. They're manufacturing uh, their blades in their German blade factory. It's been honing precision blades for a century. There's no middleman. There's no extra shipping to, you know, a distributor for whatever big box store and then to those big box stores and then paying ridiculous amounts of money. Every time it does that little middleman step, they take another dollar out of your pocket, but not with Harry's putting dollars on your face, putting dollars on your face. I don't know what that means. Harry's. (laughs) Oh, Oh, like makes you look like a million bucks. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. That's right. You can even get without a subscription if you don't like the commitment, which, you know, talk to anyone I've ever dated. They know I fear commitment. (laughs) It's not just blades. You can get blades, hair care, shower products, everything, all of your your hygiene needs at harrys.com. And just like their blades, Harry's is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. And you can feel better about your purchase. 1% of the proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and veterans. Uh, That's really important, man. Men do not like taking advantage of mental health services. And the fact that they're lowering friction on that is incredibly important. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's a really taboo topic for men yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And and just the idea that they're, they're supporting that. I really love that. To help support those who need it most right now, Harry's is donating $1 million of shaving supplies to hospitals across the U.S. That's really cool. Hospitals need that sort of supplies. Um, Alyssa is a, my girlfriend is a, um, an occupational therapist and she's always talking about the the like sort of toiletry needs and clothing needs of these people so that's super rad um listeners of this show can redeem their harry's trial set at harrys.com slash mcu podcast you'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip five blade razor with lubricated strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel i always feel like it gets sexy at this part of the at harry's read do you feel that Rich, I feel it. lathering shave gel with aloe with to keep aloe. your skin hydrated, keep it wet, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash MCU podcast to start shaving and saving today. Shave Shydra. And we're back. Let's talk about some feedback. We got a few pages of feedback to talk about. Boom, boom, ba doo ba doo boom. Go ahead and record that song so that you can insert it into every other episode <laughs> that we have feedback on. Yeah, man. Totally. I need to do that. Feedback. It's feedback. Da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-boo. 
I love it. I love it. <laughs> it took us 500 episodes to get here, but we finally got a feedback song. All right. Well, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> Nicole T said in an email, first of all, you guys are fantastic. And that's all we need. Bye. <laughs> Our egos have been stroked. <laughs> yep. Uh, Nicole says, I've only been an MCU fan for two years now, but I am in deep and being able to listen to people who love it so deeply and share that passion so freely is awesome. You guys cheer me up every time I listen. I have two quick feedback thoughts for you. One, I was catching up on old episodes and you made a comment that while you like Captain Marvel, you didn't really feel her or identify with her yet. And you were hoping that you would get that in a future movie. The thing is, as a woman in a moderately competitive job, I get her. I've been in her shoes. I am her. All that nonsense about control your emotions. I can take this away from you. All of that I've heard. So Carol speaks to me on a deep, deep level. And number two, this one's more fun. I am deep into my festive movie watching, and my bestie and I have decided that what the, the MCU desperately needs is a Christmas movie. I would settle for an animated special, but damn, just imagine our favorite MCU actors chewing up the scenery, trying to do happy holidays and fight some annoying baddie. The potential for that great balance of MCU humor and heart. I had no idea how much I needed this. (laughs) I love you guys. Keep up the great work. Higher, further, faster. Nicole. Awesome. Uh, First off, Christmas movie. We do have Iron Man 3 as a Christmas movie, right? Mm, no, we don't. That's a 4th of July movie, Matt. We've talked about this. Is it really? I mean, it's set during December, but set, it's a 4th th- of July movie. I think it's set during Christmas, though. But yes, it has more 4th of July <laughs> themes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, she wants like a straight-up Christmas movie. By the way, we're into trashy Christmas movie season, uh, and it's in full effect in my house. Alyssa loves them. And so we're watching a lot of just complete, utter drivel. Uh, but, you know, I... Love Actually. Uh, well, I, I, no, no, worse than that. Like, that's... Love oh, Actually God. is highbrow, is highbrow uh, media compared to the kinds of, you know, oh, like... No. I'm talking, like, Lifetime movie, Christmas movie, that kind of stuff. Oh, no, oh, Matt, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't join her that often for them, but, like, I do... I do Every once in a while, I like to sit down and just enjoy a good, really crappy Christmas movie. I have to be careful, though, because I, if I cross the line making fun too much, it starts to make Alyssa feel like I'm attacking her <laughs> <laughs> or like insulting her choice. Uh, she she can't take it personally. Yeah. It's just what we do. This it's, is how we this is how we function. This is how we cope with watching this movie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, as for Captain Marvel, I, I'm really glad you feel that way. Uh, Nicole. Oh, by the way, Nicole's subject said first feed. This is my first feedback. So thank you for writing your first feedback. Hey, welcome to the party, Nicole. Yeah. Woo. Um, but I love that you love Captain Marvel and I get, uh, I don't get, I, I don't understand fully the feeling of feeling maligned that way. But, and this is sort of the rare example where I'm going to say a DC movie did it better. The rare example, but we just did a uh, wonder woman uh, in Binger's Assemble. We're going to drop it to, uh, probably tomorrow morning. So this, the, if you're listening to this, you can go over to Binger's Assemble, our other podcast where we covered Wonder Woman this week. And that's the same themes. Constantly, Diana's being told to sit down. Don't use your power. You know, it's, this, it's very similar themes to Captain Marvel. But for some reason, Diana feels like a fully fleshed out, realized character to me. That doesn't mean you can't love it. I'm absolutely glad you do. Um, but that's, it's like, it's, it's not that I don't 
value. I, I get so, my heart is so full uh, when Diana finally decides, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm stepping out into no man's land and I'm going to do this thing. Um, but for some reason, it just didn't, Captain Marvel didn't land that way for me. Uh, and we've talked ad nauseum about it, so I'm not going to rehash every reason I think it is. But uh, but I'm really glad you do. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, at the time, I remember feeling like I I don't identify with her, but I I hope that there are women out there who do, because this is not a character for me. It's a character for me to look at, kind of. She's a badass. I love that she's a badass. <laughs> I'm glad you went a different way with that. She's a character for me to look look at sounded like a totally different kind of statement. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. It very easily could have been. She's really pretty. Brie Larson oh, is gorgeous. She's gorgeous, but it, I, I'm, just, I'm just joking with you that yeah, it's yeah, not no, made through the male gaze. Uh, it's a female director right. on that movie as well, right? Yeah, uh, well, one of the two directors, um, the writers and director of this film were Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Um, so they're, they're a team they wrote and, and directed. So right. Half of it was directed. Yeah. By- so I just, I just joke when you say she's a good character for me to look at. It sounded like very chauvinistic for a second. I knew you didn't mean that. I just, just, uh, right. Just really like, well, like the, like the juxtaposition of us talking about how meaningful this movie. And you're like, you know, she's a character for me to look at. <laughs> For uh, for most of the, I don't know. It I felt like I didn't identify with her because I did. I don't go through her struggles, right? I'm a, yeah. I'm a well, cisgender I, white male. Like I've got everything going for me in society. So so basically, I think, I, yeah. I I think that the difference here is, and the difference between Nicole's experience and our experience is just that, like we we don't have that level of experience. So like we don't. It it doesn't strike us that way. So we it have doesn't to, resonate. It doesn't resonate because it's not our experience, but the movie, I didn't feel like this movie brought me into that experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas wonder woman, I felt fully brought into that experience. I, I so feel you were, you were singing the Shania Twain song, man, I feel like a woman. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wept like openly wept in the theater when that young, uh, hear hear me talk more about this on Binger's Assemble if you like but uh, I openly <laughs> wept in the theater during the uh, the beginning of that movie um, and this is a, it was very meta for me the beginning of Wonder Woman when it, it shows little Diana as a young girl fighting uh, on the little mountaintop and watching all the uh, Amazon Amazonians fight you know Oh, no, I haven't seen the movie. Oh, that's right. I f- straight up forgot that you hadn't seen this movie. Oh, man. Well, there's a moment at the beginning of the movie <laughs> where little Diana, like a little girl version of Diana, is watching all the Amazonians fight and train. And it's her, and she's she's like doing their moves and watching them. And for me, that's a meta commentary on Diana in that moment is watching her heroes and these strong women heroes. And it made me immediately connect to the idea that there's a little girl sitting in this theater right now watching this movie and having the experience of seeing, uh, seeing someone, seeing a woman at their full power. You know what I mean? And oh, like, yeah. it, it really hit me hard that, that scene. And there's a, there's a number of scenes like that in, in wonder woman that hit me that way. Uh, and that's why to me, those two movies, the very rare occasion where I'll say DC, I think did something better. Um, but, but what about Lieutenant trouble? <laughs> well, that, you know, Lieutenant Trouble's great, but I didn't get the same emotional connection, I guess. Okay. That's fair. I definitely did. Like, there's not a moment where Lieutenant trouble, I feel like looks at 
um, looks at Carol and goes, what? As a woman, you can do these things? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, straight from the beginning, Lieutenant Trouble is just like, Auntie Carol is the best. She's the best kind of person. I saved your jacket. I spilled ketchup on it. I'm so sorry. And and it seems like uh, her mom has already raised her to be that. And like, I, to, to, to understand uh, her own power. Like, that's the thing about the story of both these women uh, that I think really resonates, I think, with people, is that they're constantly told not to use their full power. Like, all those training scenes with... Uh, John Rock. Yon Rog, thank you. I was like, not Marvel. We thought it was going to be Marvel. <laughs> uh, not Vel. Uh, all those training scenes with Not Vel. Um, he he's telling her like, no, you don't use your power. You you fight the way I tell you to fight. You know, and then yep. like those are great scenes. And then when she comes into her full power, that's the, I know it's going for the same thing that uh, to me Wonder Woman success more successful at. But I, I anyway, I'm I'm not trying to harp on this. Uh, definitely not trying to say negative things about Captain Marvel. I, that the, I'm, I'm super glad Nicole loves it. Yep, yep, yep. So, again, not a character that we necessarily resonate with. It's uh, a badass on screen for us to to cheer for and look at, you know, in, a, in that very chauvinistic way. Um, <laughs> it's No, it's okay if we lean into it. Matt. It's oh, fine. Oh, oh, is it okay if we lean into it? <laughs> yeah, if we, if we address it and accept it on a very meta level, it's okay. Yeah, we're just... <laughs> We're not being jerks. We're just being meta. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can can say almost anything if you lean into it. I don't think that's how it works, Jeff. Yeah? (laughs) No? I don't think that's how it works. Uh, Man, we gotta gotta find like a class on how to be politically correct or something. (laughs) I keep getting us in trouble. (laughs) It's... Uh, no, it's you, 500 episodes. You've only gotten us in trouble once. You're, you're doing all right. A couple of times, maybe. Okay. Maybe a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should look into that class. I think that, I think that, uh, that's the strength of podcasting is that like, you can say a stupid thing once and then you just say, Oh, I realize I was wrong. And it's like long form podcasting. You're like, Oh, I said a thing that was a little insensitive. I apologize. And like people have listened to you long enough that one they're not it's not a tweet you know it's like podcasting is the opposite of twitter <laughs> like, where you can <laughs> yeah. say one wrong thing one time and it's taken out of context and you're just done for you know well you know we we're not limited to 160 characters here exactly that's that's exactly my point so really all celebrities should just start podcasting uh most do most do uh let's get <laughs> on to Gurjot. thank you nicole for writing in for the first time please keep it up we need keep those different up. perspectives than ours Yes, we do. Oh, my God. You, we like you. Fresh blood around here. <laughs> all right, all right vampire it. Jeff. Um, no, that was to- Tony said <laughs> to Carol. It's, oh. it's relevant. Oh, I didn't remember the line. All right. Uh, Sorry. Me. That was me being a bad podcaster. I was calling you a vampire. It was me being a bad podcaster. <laughs> I was thinking Morbius. You were going Tony. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Gershot Matharu says, hi, Matt and Tim. Yeah. Crying, laughing emoji times two. <laughs> this is no offense, Jeff. It's all love. Anyways, I'm listening to the latest cast, the Obadiah, Loki, and Thanos one. And I'm at the part where you talk about Kang going too far to stave off Galactus. So my question for you guys is this. What would you consider 
is going too far to literally save every single person on the planet. Keep in mind, this is way bigger than Thanos. With this one, there are no survivors. Would you sacrifice yourself? Sacrifice someone else? What length would you go to in order to keep Galactus away? Looking forward to hearing from you and love you guys 300. <laughs> Actually, he says lobe you guys 300. Oh yeah, lobe you guys 300. I love it. I love it. This, 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 this 300 thing is drifting further and further away. Yeah, from we're, it's you. eventually just going to be like alligator food and we're going to be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Gurjot makes a wonderful point here. Uh, in many ways, there's nothing, there's not too far to go, right? Like you got to go. The question is, is he right? Yeah. Yeah. Galactus consumes power and he consumes energy. So like if he comes here to consume earth, because there's a lot of energy and that's what's like, you know, blipping on his radar, if half or more of the population gets removed so that the energy level on Earth goes down so that we lay under the radar because Kang has this understanding that, you know, you can't beat Galactus, you know, you can only point him somewhere else. Like, that would be a really engaging kind of conflict, I think. Are you saying because if, if he was, if Kang was doing a, is pulling a Thanos? Yeah, if he's pulling a Thanos, but but larger, right? Just to save Earth, right? But that's not the question then, here. What's what's too far? If Galactus is going to eat everything, what's too far? That's that's what I'm saying. Like if he if he has to kill X amount of people, you know, or whatever, like destroy part of the planet to to make Galactus not want it. Like if he has to uh, irradiate an entire section of the planet so that it, nobody can live there, but that's the thing that makes it, you know, a bad a bad rotten spot on the apple for, for Galactus. Like, is that, is that okay? Hmm. I mean, I would say probably here's the problem with a, a character like Kang is that they are so sure of themselves that their way is right. It's kind of a the Thanos thing. It's like, yeah, it, it's not that he's going too far to stop a thing. It's that he has resigned himself that he can't prevent the harm except for by causing more harm. Oh, man, it's kind of, you know, honestly, like Kang's time traveler, right? Time traveler. Time being the big thing here. Kang is basically the end of Doctor Strange, but but Galactus never gave up, you know? Or this this way that we're thinking about it could be Galactus, right? Sure, sure, sure. So, like, he traps Dormammu in this prison, and eventually Dormammu's like, okay, Shit, I'll leave Earth alone. And the difference is, uh, I believe Galactus lives lives in in time, whereas Dormammu seemed like he could tell the, the repeating cycle. Kang is trying to like it's more like Galactus is this force that is coming, and Kang is trying to solve this force. You know what I mean? Yeah, but my thought is we could see we could see this time traveler go to you know he's at this point to where. Galactus shows up, devours the world, and he's like, crap, go back in time. He goes back in time to, to, to try to solve this problem, right? And he does it this way, and it doesn't work. He goes back again, tries to do it a different way, doesn't work, goes back again, and keeps going back, right? Keeps resetting to try to do it over and over and over again, and he gets to the point where he's like, you know, to hell with everything, I'm going to do the crazy thing and just remove the energy. Like that's, that's how I see it, that playing out. Right. Is that something he does in comics? You brought that up a couple of times. I, I don't know that this is how it, I don't, I don't, 
I don't even think that's how it actually plays in comics. But like that's my that's my thought of how it's going to work with Kang and the new big bad being Galactus. Right. Okay. And we're not sure of any of this. All this is just speculation. But like, you know, Kerjot had the question of how far is too far to stop Galactus, right? So we're we're living in this fantasy world where my uh my prediction came true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, 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 it's a great question, Gurjot. And I don't, and there's just, there's not a good answer because yeah, like too far is kind of a stupid thing to say because well, too far is relative. Sh- sure. Because I mean, too far for some people could be perfectly acceptable to other less morally uh, strict people or, you know, too far to save the world might, you know, that, that might require some extreme circumstances, you know? Sure. Absolutely. And, and I guess that's Grajot's points. Like he knows he's doing everything and that everything will be destroyed. So he's just going, going all in to do whatever he has to, to stop it. And I, and like the question is, do you trust him? Is he a reliable narrator? Cause I think that a lot of us after Thanos had that idea, like, well, why didn't he just double the resources? Right. You know, like, Oh, that seems totally plausible. And it's like, because it never dawned on him because he was so sure he was right. And, and that's, that's the plan he had for his people. It's the plan he's been trying to institute. And it's just like, that's, he's so has blinders on, you know? Um, so I, I think that that's the problem with these kind of characters. They're so sure of themselves that they're willing to do whatever it takes when maybe the thing to do is not to come back and kill the Avengers or whatever. It's to come back and team up with them or work with them or find out, find another solution. Um, it's that third way thing, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. But that, Oh God, that's so good, Matt. Uh, that, that has a, a strong correlation to the young Avengers story that we just read mm-hmm. in that young Kang comes back to the Avengers and, or comes back to, you know, present time when the Avengers are disassembled, tries to get their attention so that they'll come back together and help him against his older version of Kang. And we could well see two versions of Kang like this, where one is saying, you know, you have to be this way like this is the only way to stop Galactus. Yeah, and the young version of Kang has the to other, like figure has to like decide to not trust his own older self kind of thing to stay yeah. on the side of good. He's like no, that can't be it. You can't have given up like that. I know me. And he's like no, I've I've done this. I've played this game. I've gone through this thousands of times already. Right. This is the only way I've been through every permutation and you can't, you you're, you're the, this like early round of me that like, yeah. you're not going to be able to solve this on your own. And then the, the, the tension there is can the young version of him solve it. Uh, I love, I love, I love the idea of Kang as a character. I think it's, it's right for lots of cool stuff. Uh, yeah. let's, let's move on to the next thing. All right, all right, all right. I think we have kicked that question straight in the balls and nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Question's dead. Uh, this next question was from Dakota Robbins. Uh, she actually joined the Stranded Panda Army this week. and used, Hey, welcome used, to it. Yeah, uh, Stranded Panda Army is our um, sort of email list that we send out every week to let you know like what else is going on in Stranded Panda, what, what the focus movie of trivia is that week, all those things. So uh, you can go to strandpanda.com and join the army. And uh, this week she wrote a question in her uh, sort of a commission, but I figured we'd just do a quick round of 
what we think on this topic. Um, <laughs> as she, we, we always ask in the, uh, in the straight independent army questionnaire or whatever, it asks for your email address. And then it asks like, what do you want us to cover? What, what that we're not covering now do you want us to cover? And, uh, Dakota said, I would love to hear a debate on civil war. My best friend and I get into it often because she is team Iron Man and I am team cap. So I would love to know where you guys stand in this. Always blue. Always blue. Always blue. Always blue. You're always blue. I, it's really hard. Like, ideally, I'm team Tony. Ideally. Yeah, ideally. Yeah. As it's, it's this, it's, it's like communism. Yeah, right? it absolutely is. Communism and, is great on paper. It's also like federalism versus like states' rights and stuff. Like, it's like giving more power to the government. That, like, it's it, and that's that's the thing. It's it's a balance, and that's why this is such a hard question. Yeah, as long as the 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 body that you're putting the control in the hands of is absolutely one hundred percent always acting in your best interest or in the best interest of everyone, then it is a good thing. But that rarely happens. Yeah, Sokovia Accords should be good, but it's just like Captain Merrick said. Like the, there are people on those panels that are making those decisions and they have their yeah. own interests at heart. And, it, and yeah, what if, what if there's a situation where we need to go in and they don't let us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is what, that's where I, I side with cap the most is that if you've got this government body and they've got all these, these bureaucrats doing all this red tape and bullshit that's slowing down the progress of the Avengers going to save right. people. Like people are dying while you are arguing. Here's, here's actually where I actually stand. Cause this is kind of where I stand in real life. I think they're both right. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Uh, you set up a system of laws and people are told to follow them. And like, that is good. We should have a government that has laws and people should follow them. But if you see the government standing in the way of something that you feel passionately enough about, about, then you, and this is Cap, that that's so Tony is right that that is good. Cap is right that when you see something going on that the government uh, is 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 pushing too far, you're supposed to stand up to that, even be willing to accept the consequences, the legal consequences, go to jail, become a fugitive, all those things that Cap's going through. Uh, you have to be willing to do that to stand up to tyranny. Now, I, I think that there'd probably be a better case made for that if if Cap had said, yeah, Sokovia Accords sound good, but I'm not, but it, but if but if if this governing body does something that I don't like, I may have to push back, you know. But he just says no rules for me. Um, <laughs> so so it's so that's why I say ideally I'm team team Tony, but team Cap like there's there's so much heart on team Cap, and he really wants to just do the right thing. And that's it's an it's an impossible question to answer. I'm gonna say I'm team Tony, but with the caveat that like if you see. Any, anytime you see the government doing something that you can't abide, you, you protest, you know, you, 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 sometimes you have to break the law if you're willing to uh, go, f- if, if you're willing to stand up for that, that strongly, you know? Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, and it is, and sometimes our, we have to stand up for people that are being hurt and, uh, and you know, whatever, like sometimes, sometimes you have to stand up to your government. It's true. I think, I think the oversight is a good idea. Like it's coming from the, from the right place in that there needs to be accountability. Sure. But I think keeping a leash on this team that is so good and so mobile, like keeping a leash on them is the wrong way to go about it. I think accountability is a great thing hmm. and they need to they need to be accountable, be held accountable for their actions. Um mm, that's a good point. After the fact though. Like right. you can't muzzle them because of their potential ability to destroy a city. You know, that was addressed in Cap 2. I mostly agree with you that and and like that's where we are in our world, like where we have protectors that if they go far too far and, and we're going to, this is, this is going to get a little political, but I don't think it's political. It's again, I think it's a civil rights issue. Um, but like if, if police officers go too far, I believe there should be accountability. Yep. Um, and, and, and there should be a system of accountability. Uh, now, now recognizing that their jobs are hard and, and that those decisions aren't always easy. And, and, you know, there's some allowances can be made for all of that, but like, you know, especially like you go too far, you're a repeat offender. Like you do certain things, like it's just, uh, well, sometimes it's, there's, there's not enough accountability. And like, so the so superheroes are the same way. Like you gotta have, you gotta have that accountability. The difference is the problem is it's what general Ross says. Uh, you lost to whatever megaton nukes. Uh, and that's, that is not good. <laughs> Like one mistake is so much more costly uh, when when you've got superpowers involved, right? <clears throat> Maybe so, and that I I would agree with Ross if Thor and Hulk had a history of being very extremely dangerous and reckless. You're saying Hulk does not have a history of being extremely dangerous and reckless. That is a personal thing with Ross. You cannot, he's blinded by it. (laughs) No, no, not fully, not fully. Hulk, Hulk can be aimed at like a weapon and do the right thing. And And sometimes Hulk, the character, I think as he, as he's grown has gotten better, but for the most part, Hulk, you know, Hulk smashes, you know? Okay. So put a tracker on Hulk. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Put a tracker on Hulk, but not Thor, because Thor's a good guy, well, I th- I think and he's it, always been a good guy. I think it goes back to the real world shit again. Like, yeah. you, you have to have training, and you have to be able to sort of be given the, like, you have to pass the tests, you have to be able to do the things you need to do to be put in a position of power. And then, yes, you are given certain uh, leeway to to do things that others aren't given, you know? And then if you cross the line, there has to be a system of accountability. Yep. Yep. I think it just Hulk like, smashes you. There it is. Yeah. Hulk smashed too much. Hulk has to be, uh, you know, restrained. Hulk has to smash himself. <laughs> <laughs> now, are we still talking about, uh, violence? Okay. Uh, we got one it last. It might be. One hey, last one We got Gale here. We can't be talking like that when Gail's here. Gail Hartle Road says, guys, <laughs> sorry I'm behind. And that this is written on four hours of sleep. And to keep up with the MCU, I finally watched Deadpool 2 last weekend. Nice. Yet more brain cells gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> she, said, 
continues. So my amusing, charming Loki. I definitely captured the Loki we're going to get as pre a lot of growth and change. However, it was only in hearing you piece it out, uh, such as not having experienced the loss of his mother and the potential of seeing his future in a different timeline. When slash how does that happen? That it really hit me. That yes, the formerly more sinister Loki would certainly reject that future, probably even doubling down on, on his evil efforts. And that, frankly, made me sad. An endearing aspect of Loki was having a sometimes lighthearted trickster approach, which I'd be sad to lose. Also, what's this ridiculous rumor about Loki morphing, possibly for extended periods of time, such that someone else will be playing him? Kid Loki, sure, but anything else, no. As a purist who has never seen or never read the comics, <laughs> I am not okay with this. Some will say, have faith in Marvel. Well, I have trust issues. <laughs> the one thing I do trust is Tom Hiddleston seems to be honestly enjoying playing Loki. So with that, in Thor's voice, bring me my Loki, <laughs> the OG Gale. <laughs> Yay, Gale. Thank you, Gale. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I, you. I really think the OG stands for original Gale. Yeah. Original Gale Gale. Yeah, it's Gale Force One. Gale Force One. We be stomping in the Gale Force One. Okay. Gale Force forever. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Gale, for writing that in. Uh, Deadpool 2 is awesome, first off. Um, secondly, <laughs> more brain cells gone forever. <laughs> more brain cells gone forever, she says. Um, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I guess I'm in that Trust Marvel camp. If they want to do some other actors to play Loki for, I don't know about how extended. I definitely want uh, Hiddleston in there most of the time, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in comics, Loki has been a girl, a kid. Yeah, you know, he's been. I, I really like all her. Over the- <laughs> I really like her statement as a purist who has never read the comics. It's just really funny because like everyone's a purist of their own thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love this version and don't change it. Yeah. This is what I've been given and I don't want anything else. Yeah. Which uh, in this case, I totally understand because Loki played by Hiddleston is awesome. But I don't know if they want to dabble with some other actors and other versions. I'm I'm interested, I'm interested to see what, it, what that looks like. Yeah, I, uh, I like the the idea that the former the formerly more sinister Loki would reject that future where he dies mm-hmm. and doubles down on his evil efforts. Cause that goes almost hand in hand with that Kang uh, thought that we had earlier where, you know, younger Kang wants to stay on the good or on the side of good. You know, maybe this younger Loki wants to stay on the side of evil and double down. And we see like them diverge like that. I think that's interesting. I, I don't think he's going to be, cause he's never been fully evil. Like he might yeah. try to be, but he's always had a little bit of that trickster, like caring for his brother and caring for his mother in him, even caring for his father as much as he doesn't want to admit it. Um, he does. He cares for his father. And like, I just don't see, I don't see him staying evil. I see him like, you know, I'm going to be a bad guy. And then like still coming around in the end. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is going to be a villain story. I think this is going to be a story about a complex character. And like, we, I think we're going to find out more about Loki than we ever have before. You know, I like it. I like Me it. Too. I'm so down for all of it. Me too, man. Me too. Well, that is our feedback for tonight. I feel like we got into some dicey topics. I hope, uh, hope everyone out there knows, uh, 
we 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 love you all, and I don't know. <laughs> at least three thousand. At least three thousand. At least. Um. But uh. But uh. Yeah. We will be back soon with more uh, MCU talk here at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and uh, we hope to see you all. Um. You know. Up here on Trivia Night, uh, go sign up from the uh, Stranded Panda Army at strandedpanda.com. Right at the bottom of the thing says join the Stranded Panda Army. Um, and uh, send us some feedback that way if you like. Uh, it, that sh- will normally make the cast because it's uh, it's rare and I, I always see those. So, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, make sure you do that on your way to go to get our link to cufflinks.com. Oh, that's right. Well, uh, I did talk to them and they don't have to go through the link. They can go just directly to cufflinks.com. It is Christmas time. Cufflinks.com we've mentioned is our partner. Um, and it, I really think that if you go there, you will see some really cool things you, you are going to want that you either want to get your geeky friends or you need to put on your list. Cause just some really cool sort of men's, uh, accessories, uh, ties, and, tie bars, you know, and or ladies, anybody that wants to wear ties, bow ties. Uh, if you wear professional socks, that's true. That is very cufflinks true. of any sort. If you've got a pocket for a pocket square, they cater to menswear. But if you if you wear those all those things that Jeff just mentioned, those are also can be used by anyone. I mean, and anyone can wear a suit. So yeah, yeah, it's dangerous to talk about this because I just got paid. <laughs> oh, uh, we should say use code MCU15 at checkout, and that makes sure uh, you, you get 15% off and they give us a portion of the sale. Um, and it's a huge way to uh, you know benefit the show here. Um, and if uh, if things go well during Christmas time, I think they're going to keep us on as a spon- uh, as sponsoring the show. And anytime you guys need a cool tie, you can buy it in a way that supports the podcast, which I just think that is cool. Would be super rad. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out. We'll be back soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers.